Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. How many of you have taken tablets for your heart health? Anybody? How many of you have done exercise and when you did it, you were thinking about your heart? How many of you have been, a check, have been to a checkup to see how healthy your heart is? Why is it that we care so much about our physical hearts, but we don't care so much about our real hearts that are going to determine whether we live forever? Amen? Did you know that the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes under, unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Did you hear those words? It says, with the heart you believe to salvation, to righteousness, to eternal salvation. It's got to be the heart that believes, and yet many of us, I would be so bold as to say, don't even know what our heart is. When the Bible talks about heart, what is it speaking about? Is it speaking about that little muscle that beats all through your life from when you're just a few days old in the womb to when you die? Is that what it's talking about? Or is it talking about my mind? Because do you remember the verse that we've been quoting again and again in this sermon series, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Heart. What is it? Is that, is that a mind? It says, as I think in my heart. Does that mean heart equals brain? Does it? Does it mean emotions, which is what the world thinks heart is? The world says, you feel it in your heart, and most of us think that means, is that what it means? What does it? What does it? Does anyone know? Because if I don't know what my heart is, how do I know if I've believed with my heart? And if I care about my physical heart's health, surely I must know what my biblical God's definition of heart is so that I know whether I've believed with it. Amen? And I must know what heart is because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not just enough to, to assume that I'm thinking with my heart. So today I'm going to do a bit of teaching. I'm going to teach you what the Bible says your heart is. And at the end I'm going to ask you, if you care about your health, your physical health, do you care that much about your spiritual heart condition? Amen? So, in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, Samuel the prophet is going to pick the next king of Israel. He goes into Jesse's house. There are seven sons of Jesse who are all tall and they look impressive. And God says this to Samuel. He says, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, that's true. When we're trying to decide who should be prime minister, we look at their outward appearance. 
But God looks at the heart. And so the first thing we need to know about the Bible's definition of heart is that it's everything that is not your outward appearance. Let me put it another way. You have an external body or, or image that everyone else can see, but you have an internal, invisible personality and real character and nature, and that is called your heart. Everything inside you and everything that is intangible is your heart. And that includes your mind, your emotions, and a whole lot of other things. Let me just read you a few things the Bible says your heart can do. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says your heart can love. We've already read Proverbs 23 or quoted Proverbs 23 that says your heart can think. Psalm 19 says your heart can meditate. Proverbs 20 says your heart can make plans. Exodus 35, 21 says your heart can get stirred up. Zephaniah 3 verse 14 and John 16:22 says your heart can rejoice. Luke 21 verse 14 says, your heart can decide. John 16 6 says, your heart can sorrow and grieve. 1 Kings 3 verse 9 says, your heart can discern and make judgments. The Bible says your heart can fear and your heart can have desires. And so, I'm going to talk about this in future sermons a little bit more, and I mentioned this last week, but the first thing we need to understand is your heart is everything inside of you that is intangible. All those thoughts and feelings and personalities, that inward you is your heart. But then the second thing which is important is your heart has compartments, just like a physical heart has atria and ventricles. Do you remember learning this at school in biology? The blood comes into one of the atria, and then it goes into the next compartment, which is either an atria or a ventricle, and then it gets pumped out to the lungs, and then it comes back into the other atrium or ventricle, and then it goes into the other atrium or ventricle, and then it goes out to the whole body, and it's got to go through all four in order for that heart to be working correctly. And when there's a valve problem or a muscle problem in your heart, if one of those four compartments is not working, or one of the little uh, valves, those little passageways between the compartments, if one of those is not working, your heart is not working. You have pain in your chest, you have struggles breathing, you don't have energy and you can die. And I wanna ask you, my dear Christian brother or sister, your real heart, your biblical heart, your intangible heart has compartments, atria and ventricles called your emotions, your mind, your deciding part, your will, your soul. It also has a part called your spirit. All of that is called your heart in the Bible. The opposite of outward appearance is your heart and it has these compartments and I wanna challenge you, have you focused on one or more of those and you haven't realized that all of your heart has to be involved in believing and in thinking. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
how focused are you on your physical heart health? How focused are you on your spiritual heart? Amen? Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. The New International Version says, Above all else, guard your heart. For out of it spring the issues of life. Above all else, keep your heart. Guard your heart. Think about your heart's health. Have you thought about your heart recently? The number of hours you've spent doing exercise or changing your diet for your physical heart, have you spent that much time on your real heart? Right, I'm going to talk about some heart conditions. You know, if you look up on the internet, they can show you pictures of different health problems. I'm going to give you some pictures here. They're not going to be physical pictures. They're not going to come on your screen. I want you to imagine them. The first is a a hidden sickness of the heart. A hidden sickness of the heart. Matthew 23, verse 27, Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And I'm going to keep reading some of Jesus' words. He said, Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. It is possible for us to look good on the outside and to even convince other people and even ourselves that everything's fine because we can whitewash the outside, but on the inside there's a problem with our hearts. There's a verse in Jeremiah 17, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? (laughs) The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's like saying, you can feel physically healthy, you can look physically healthy, but you need a doctor to do an ECG, I think that's the right word, on your heart to see if it's really healthy or not. It's the same with your spiritual heart. He says it's deceitful and you can't really know it, but then the verse goes on to say, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. God knows it, and he's given us his word as a mirror so when we read the Bible, we can see our heart condition. So the first condition is a hidden condition of our hearts where we don't know how our heart is, and we need to ask the doctor and the expert to use his special device called the mirror of his word to show us our heart. The second condition is a broken heart. Did you know that the phrase broken heart is a Bible phrase? Proverbs 17:22. a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Psalm 147, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. There's many. I've got so many verses I could read about this. Let me just read Isaiah 61, which Jesus quoted when he started his ministry. He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because God has anointed me to preach Good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Friends, 
Your heart can be broken. You say, how do I know if my heart's broken? Because there's a soreness, there's a pain. Sometimes it's a dull ache, sometimes it's a sharp stabbing pain. When you think or remember something or someone, when you think about doing something. I was speaking to a man recently, he said, I went through such a, a hard time in business that creditors were phoning me and customers were phoning me and emailing me. And he said, even now when the phone rings or when I get a new email, I get a panic attack in my heart. That's a broken heart, friends. Your heart has been damaged. It's been broken by something that's happened. And I want to tell you the good news. Jesus specializes in healing the brokenhearted. He is the only doctor who can heal the brokenhearted. Amen. We can take external tablets and chemicals. We can go and speak to counselors, but Jesus is the only one who can heal the broken heart because he is the only one who made our hearts. The next one is a divided heart. Hosea 10 verse 2 says, their heart is divided. Now they are held guilty. Their heart is divided. This means that there's a disconnect. The different compartments in your heart are separated artificially and they're not communicating properly with each other. James chapter 1 verse 8 talks about a double-minded man who is unstable in all his ways and he will not receive anything when he prays because he's double-minded. That's a divided heart. That means one minute I'm serving God, the next minute I'm shouting at my wife. One minute I'm praying, the next minute I'm swearing. There's a double-mindedness. I, I want to serve God and then I'm doing something different and, and I can't understand it because I'm, there's this double-mindedness going on in my heart. And in Psalm 86, David prays this, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart and I will glorify your name forever. David prayed, God, unite my heart. Another version says, give me an undivided heart. Take the two different parts of me and put them together in one, and then I will serve you with all my heart, not just with part of it. I'm going to talk about a distressed heart for a moment. Psalm 38 verse 8 says, I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. There's like a boiling, bubbling distress and unsettledness in people's hearts. John 14 verse 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus came to heal troubled, distressed, boiling and bubbling hearts. Do you live with constant anxiety? Do you live with a heart that is just unsettled and distressed? Jesus specializes in giving peace and he says it's a peace that the world cannot give. It's a peace that no prescription can compare to. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. That, that's another way of saying let your heart calm down. 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to, known, known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Right, I'm going to talk about some solutions now. Number one, God knows your heart. God knows your heart. 1 Kings 8 verse 39. A prayer says, Here in heaven your dwelling place, forgive and act. Give to everyone according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men. God is the one to go to, friends. If you have an anxious heart, a distressed heart, a divided heart, a broken heart, a guilty heart, a fearful heart, there are many different aspects of this. God is the one we must go to. You know, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden ran and hid from God, and he was the only one who could heal their problem. And you and I have only one place we can find solutions for our broken and hurting hearts, and we must go to him. And if you get nothing else today, can I ask you to get this? Run to God, not away from him. Run to God. He says, anyone who calls on my name will be saved. We can call on him and he will come and heal us. Number two, he has made a way to renew our hearts. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says this, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. God promised again and again in the Old Testament that he would change people's hearts. Can I humbly but urgently ask you, have you had your heart changed? You see, we need a heart transplant. All of us are born with a heart that is dying because Adam and Eve sinned. All of us have inherited a fatal disease called sin and our hearts are turned away from God and they are dying and dead and we need a heart transplant. Not just a, a, a fix-up, a bit of makeup on the outside to make us look better. We need a new heart and God's promised here, I will give you a new heart. Have you received his new heart? You say, I don't know if I've received it. Let's make sure today. Ask him and he will come and change you and give you a brand new heart. God pours his love into our hearts. This is number three of the solution track. Romans 5 verse 5 says, The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out into our hearts. Can I ask you, have you received the love of God? Have you asked God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and have you received that fullness of love? Fruitful hearts. Luke chapter 8 verse 15. The ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. 
God wants to bear fruit out of your heart. It's not just that he wants to heal it. He wants it to, to cause it to be fruitful, to bless many, many other people. And along these lines, I've just got two more points. He wants the rivers of living water, the Holy Spirit, to flow out of your heart. In John 7, verse 37 and 38, it says, Jesus stood up in a public place and he cried out with a loud voice, Is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So I must ask you the questions again. Have you been given a new heart? Have you had the love of God poured into your heart? And then thirdly, are those rivers of living water pouring out of your heart? It's available, friends. And then lastly, your heart is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3 Verse 16 says, you are the temple of God and his spirit dwells inside of you. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a physical building where God's spirit and his power dwelt and there was a cloud of smoke when they worshiped. Let me just read you about the cloud in 2 Chronicles 7. It says, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices. The glory of the Lord filled the temple and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And in the New Testament, he says, you are that temple. You don't go to a temple. You don't go to a building to find God. You are the temple. Your heart, listen to this now. I'm going to say something really profound. Your heart was built and designed by God to be a home for God's power and his spirit. Your heart was designed by God to be God's house. And just like his glory would come in the Old Testament on the temple, he wants his glory to rest on your heart and for it to flow out of it. I'm going to ask us to think about how this applies to us. So we've talked about the heart. We've said that your physical heart is important, but it's not nearly as important as your real heart, your spiritual heart. We've said that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I need to understand what heart is. We've said that your heart contains all of these parts of you, your mind, your deciding will, your feelings, uh, where you plan, what you desire, your soul, your spirit, all these different compartments are part of your heart. And the Bible says it's with your heart that you believe and are saved. The question is, have you believed with just one compartment or have you believed with all of your heart? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And then many will say, yes, I want to, but my heart is broken. My heart is distressed. My heart is divided. My heart feels guilty. My heart is fearful. And I want to say to you, God says, not only will I save you, but I will heal your heart today. Today. And so I'm going to ask you to stand right now, please, with me. And we're going to ask God to heal our hearts. Let's just, if you're comfortable to do so, just raise your hands to heaven. It's a way of saying, God, you, you are the source of my help, not any human being. Lord, it's you.
Just pray this prayer with me. Wrap your mind and heart around my words and agree with me in prayer if you believe it. Just say, Lord, my spiritual heart is more important than my physical heart. Lord, you see my heart. Your word says you alone know my heart. I don't even know my heart. It deceives me, Lord. I can't even understand it. Lord, please, would you right now look into my heart. Search my heart. See if there is any wicked way in me, your word says. Lord, please, would you right now, by your power and by your spirit, Lord Jesus, like you promised, you've come to bind up the brokenhearted. Would you come and start to heal my heart? Lord, where there's pain, where there's distress, where there are memories that cause so much hurt, I pray, God, that you would start to go in and you would start to heal my heart today. If you're here today, just while we're praying, just keep your, your eyes focused on the Lord, just while we're praying. If you're here today and you say, I'm not sure that I have a new heart. I want to make sure today that I am saved and I'm born again and that God has given me a new heart and forgiven me of my sins. Just raise your hand quickly right now and I'll pray with you right where you are. Just put your hand up, but just say these words with me right now. Say, dear Lord, I give you my heart. Please forgive me. Please give me a new heart and make me brand new from today. Cleanse me and give me a new start. Make me a new creation. And I thank you, God, for forgiving me. I give you my heart. I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.